1: FM talk podcast.
3: Oh, great. Odin's Raven. All right. Good morning to you. And imagine waking up this morning, a member of the extreme left in this country and realizing that your fourth and maybe final last ditch effort to derail your chief political opponent has failed miserably. This is what Democrats are waking up to this morning. And I have a shoulder here for you if you need it, uh, because that's what happened yesterday afternoon. But glad you're back with us on this Thursday morning, and we are uh, trying to keep up with everything. Things are flying at us from all directions. We've got a crazy woke judge in Illinois who, despite hearing the—there's no way this jurist in Illinois, and and every major judge in America didn't end up listening to the Supreme Court arguments over— the ballot issue of whether a state can keep a candidate off the ballot just because their politics doesn't like that candidate. And then to turn around and make a ruling like this, you're just trying to make a name for yourself. Remember that I believe the judges in Illinois are elected, I think uh, in, in the, the Supreme court level, I think I can't swear to that, but the point is she's trying to make a name for herself. This judge that decided even after these hearings before the Supreme Court where every single judge, including the liberals on the court, seemed to point out how stupid it was to think you could let individual states pick and choose which candidate, which national candidates could be on the ballot didn't make any sense at all. To turn around and make a ruling like that? I mean, come on. Uh, that just— Th- this is going to all get overturned. The Supreme Court needs to rule on this this week.
0: I'm really shocked that know. the Supreme Court still has not made a decision. And I, we were talking, I think, to Shannon Bream about this. And we're like, are they just waiting for all nine justices to, to be on the same page before they make their official ruling public?
3: Well, is may- that it? maybe it's maybe this will be the trigger that makes them realize they need to go ahead and rule on this before some other nut in another blue state somewhere makes a similar ruling. Yeah. Um, they need to just get this out of the way. Interestingly for you, the listener, we have Shannon Bream, who's reporting from in front of the United States Supreme Court this morning because of that immunity decision yesterday. The, the, this is what I was referring to at the top of the show. Democrats have awakened this morning to the to the fact that they're that their left wing biased Trump hating prosecutor Jack Smith has just probably been robbed of his attempt to jail the chief political opponent of his party. And that's that's the truth of it. By the United States Supreme Court agreeing to take up the immunity issue, they're going to hear it in April. They're not going to rule on it till June or July. People start, well, June, that's when the session ends. People start voting in some of these early states in September. How could you hold a trial in that two-month period without violating what has been the Justice Department standard that you don't do anything that might interfere with an election? And the, the truth of it is the left is apoplectic about it this morning, and I've got some sound uh, this, <laughs> to prove that to you. They can't believe the Supreme Court did this, and they think by doing it, they're giving him de facto immunity. That's their argument this morning. How could they dare consider to hear such a simple legal case? But it's not simple. It's not simple at all. And don't buy into that garbage. We'll, we'll explain it all to you. We, we got lots to get to for you this morning. But first, uh, Carl Middleman, I want to get to the short list, please. The Mark Cox Shortlist. This is a massive development, Jake. The Supreme Court has agreed to take up the issue of whether former President Trump has immunity from the federal election subversion case that he is facing. (laughs) Yeah, oh my gosh. It's major breaking news, Jake. What will we report on now? There is so much evidence. I am sick and tired of hearing these people say, oh, is there any evidence that ties Joe Biden directly? They've got $20 million flowing into the Biden family. Yeah, the answer to the question, where's Hunter, is yesterday he was in front of some members of Congress who asked him some questions he didn't want to answer. I think it is extremely disturbing to see the lack of professionalism, the lack of grounding and the abuse of
0: public resources and abuse of of public power.
3: Is she talking about Jack Smith? Oh, no, no. She's talking about the impeachment inquiry that they held yesterday with Hunter Biden.
2: I stand before you today, Mr. President, and my colleagues to say this will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate. Woo
3: woo! How about that? Uh, He's stepping down. Let's get a round of applause for that, Carl. Please. Do we have the round of applause there? Thank you very much. I I appreciate it. I I did not uh, plan for that, so that's not Carl's fault. That's my fault. That was a spur-of-the-moment decision. Um, I don't have that drop, so I have to wait for him to push the button. Here's the deal. Mitch McConnell should have left a couple years ago. Has he done some decent things over the years? Yeah. Uh, He has, he helped, uh, he helped with uh, put federal judges on the bench and he helped with a lot of things like that, but somewhere, I don't know if he had a a TIA or whatever they call it somewhere along the way, uh, he has lost his way and it's time for him to give up Senate leadership. Who does it go to? Well, I'd vote for somebody like Josh Hawley, which I don't think will happen, uh, or maybe J.D. Vance, which might be an option, Uh, Tim Scott. Tim seems Scott to would be, be a
0: great option liked
3: by a lot of people up yeah. there, unless Tim Scott is going to be the vice presidential pick. Right. I, I don't know how quickly they'll move on replacing him. Ron Johnson would be a, a good one, uh, I think. And that's the, the exact thing. Chuck Schumer did not want to happen. Uh, here was Hawley yesterday on what he thinks about uh, the McConnell situation.
2: Mitch McConnell is the least popular politician in America, either party. He's a symbol of everything that's wrong with Washington.
3: <laughs> Again, Josh Hawley for 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 Senate leader. I yeah. I, I think that I'd would... say
0: Josh Hawley for president. <laughs> I, I think Josh Hawley's great. <laughs> By the way, like you said, he sh- McConnell should have done this a long time ago, yes. and it's it's. I know they were saying that the two reasons were his health. Well, obviously, he was <clears throat> pausing for how many, I mean, at least fifteen to twenty seconds in the middle of a sentence when he'd do these press conferences. But then they were also saying how the Republican Party has been changing, and that he's never gotten along with Trump, and that Trump's looking like he could, of course, be the nominee and he could win against Biden. I think it's 95% his health, 5% maybe that.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, I I heard several people yesterday saying that Donald Trump had nothing to do with his decision, whether Trump was going to get reelected, had nothing to do with his decision. I mean, bear in mind that what what he's saying here effectively is this is his last term in the U.S. Senate. By the time he finishes his term three years from now, he'll be 85. Now, There are older U.S. senators up there. But again, it's obvious to anybody with two eyes and a brain that Mitch McConnell has been slowing down due to health problems and the like. If we can admit that with Mitch, why can't the media admit that with Joe Biden? Thank you. And they won't because there's just not a shred of honesty left among most of those people that run network news in this country. They will not admit it. They're never going to admit it at all under any circumstances. All right, we're going to get back to uh, to that uh, story a little bit later because uh, we do have a couple of national uh, level reporters for you. we got Shannon Bream up in DC this morning, Griff Jenkins, who is our regular guest on Thursdays, is at the southern border. He I think he's in Eagle Pass. That's where Donald Trump is going. Joe Biden is going to a place where they don't have as nearly as bad of a problem because that's what joe biden needs to do i i, I don't know it's all so confusing we'll get to all of those stories for you right here uh we're we got tom ackerman live at the bottom of the hour stay tuned
2: call from mom answer it call silenced
1: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
4: If you're feeding a person a crap sandwich with a smile, it's still a crap sandwich.
3: So I'm uh, driving in this morning, and you know, there's not much traffic out at that hour. And and I'm always driving by those spots down there by the armory. And uh, what's that building across the street there, Carl?s It's called the the factory. The factory. Um, and they've had a lot of break-ins. We've we've had reports on cars broken into down there. I've run some of the sound on here before with people saying, well. You know, the parking lot was full at the at the armory, so I chose to park down the street closer to the Goodwill store, where, of course, there are probably fewer street lights and no security, and lo and behold, my car got broken into and my company laptop got stolen and blah, blah, blah. They, they put a fence up around the parking lot at the armory. Now, it doesn't have concertina wire at the top of it, which is what they should have done, but it is about a six- or seven-foot fence that would make it at least slow down the criminals if they're going to go in there. It's there. There's bright lighting. There's all this. These are things that are driven by the market. These They're trying to make improvements to attract people to the armory with, to, to, who will have some degree of confidence that their stuff won't get stolen. But, Kim, this bill you're telling me about in the city borders on uh, ridiculous— government overreach that I preach against all the time on this show.
0: Because at first glance, it sounds like a great idea. We all want to feel safer, like you said, when we go to a concert, sporting event, anything in the city. But this bill that they're considering for the Board of Aldermen would require, it says, surface parking lot owners across the city to include barrier fencing around their lots. They also (laughs) have to have improved lighting. There's some standard they have to meet. It would also require the lots to have either an attendant on duty or an automated parking gate and payment system. So, yes, maybe that would help. But a criminal, to me, is not going to care if you have an automated parking gate. They're going to get around that. And it's falling on the business owner then to pay for this. How much is that going to cost? Why are we not taking the money that we have, for example, we've said this time and again from the Ram Settlement, investing it into public safety like, I don't know, trying to hire more police officers because we're 300 plus officers short right now. And having them, paying them to man these, I would feel way safer knowing that a, a police officer was sitting at the entrance of one of these parking lots while I was there for a concert or whatever event it was, rather than a barrier gate and improved lighting. Criminals go and steal and do all kinds of crazy crimes knowing there's a camera on them in broad daylight. They don't care
3: they they don't care. Remember when St Louis County decided they 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 had some green ordinance where if you did any update on your property at all, like if you paved the parking lot, then then you had to install EV chargers. yeah, really? And that was on the building owner. so which it suddenly just tripled the price of whatever work you were going to do because if you did that, it triggered this other uh, this is this is government. Overreach and it doesn't begin to uh, to affect the problem. The, you probably don't remember this movie. There was a movie they they made back in the eighties, Kim, called Escape from New York. Part of it was filmed in what was then the decrepit Union Station up the street here. It was it was in such disrepair that they they basically filmed an apocalypse movie in it. And I feel like that's what we're moving toward now. In the movie, what they had decided was that New York City had become so lawless. They just built a fence around it, and only criminals were allowed to live there. that That's the premise of the movie. So now you look at this, and now we're going to – because government w- refuses to address the crime problem effectively in ways that, that come from a position of common sense and not, oh, this makes me feel good. Let's make the business owners put fences up that d- will never work and just run more businesses out of town. Yep what what's left i mean that that's what you're basically giving into the criminals at that point and saying well we don't know how to fix the problem let's just build a fence
0: i mean again we talk about wanting to invest and get these businesses that have left back downtown it it that is not um, how you do it you're you have a 1% earnings tax i'm sure they don't like that now you're saying that if you're going to have any sort of a facility with a parking lot you have to pay for all of this added security that, that is just not the answer if you want businesses no. to invest. And,
3: and don't get anybody, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying fences don't work. We need a fence at the southern border. The the point is, I, I think fences do work, but I think more more police works better and more security works better. And, and again, getting back to the armory story, the city didn't tell them to build that fence around their parking lot. They chose to put it in. Because that's what they're. If people are going to continue to congregate, and it's a great facility, we've been down there. We've had company parties down there before. It's a great place, mm-hmm. but people need to have some confidence when they come there. Their car's not going to get broken into. A couple ways to do that: you you hire a security guard to walk the lot at night and make sure their presence is known. That'll keep the criminals away. Put a fence around it. Put bright lighting up. That's going to keep the, the criminals away. Forcing private businesses to do that is is ridiculous mm-hmm. because if they don't do it the fact that their business fails is going to be their punishment.
0: Well, and I agree that fences can work, but how high does the fence need to be? Are you going to tell people they have to build a 10-foot fence?
3: Well, if this doesn't work, my understanding is the next proposal would be to electrify it.
0: <laughs> Barbed wire and an electric fence.
3: <laughs> and and I would ask the question if electric fences work for cattle why would they not work at the southern border? I can fix this problem tomorrow. Just plug a big battery into it on each end and Mark electrify the president. Thank you. <laughs>
0: that's I, what I... you're going to run on. <laughs> electrify that fence at the southern border.
3: And if you want to run it with solar panels, that's fine with me. I don't care. Let's just let's just plug it in, and the next person that tries to climb over it. Gets zapped, and the word will spread quickly if all you, the way back to Guatemala. If
0: you if you run it with solar panels, you're going to help the tree huggers feel well, better about that decision. I think
3: I'm trying to. I'm trying to be, be eco
0: friendly. Mark eco-friendly. climate change.
3: <laughs> Speaking of climate, <clears throat> Tom Ackerman's in a better place this morning. It's called Jupiter, Florida, down in the land of freedom in Desantis land. We'll talk to Tom Ackerman about the Cardinals and uh, other sports coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Stay tuned.
1: Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
4: A great sports mind like Tom Ackerman. Baseball's really not a hard sport.
1: It is anchor man, not anchor lady. It's
4: like Powered by Coffee this morning.
1: Sports, sponsored by McDonald's. Reminding you to round up your total for Ronald McDonald House Charities on your next order.
3: Well, Tom Ackerman, timing is everything, brother, because it's, uh, it was 18 degrees when I walked out of the house this morning. How are you doing?
4: Be nice here today. It's uh, sunny and looking at 79, 80 degrees. Although we're supposed to get some clouds, but yeah, it's going to be nice. I, <laughs> I, I left when I left St. Louis on Wednesday. It had dropped to uh, 60 degrees from 85 down to 25 or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, when I got here, I'm like, uh, yeah, you all seem very happy down here. Got it? Okay. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's a nice, you know, it's a nice setup. It's amazing how fast you go into spring training mode, too. You know, you get down here and like, oh yeah, it's uh, green grass and baseball, and okay, yeah, I can do that.
0: Hey Tom, so. did you know that Mark Cox already knows the weather forecast for Opening Day?
4: How did he do that?
0: He knows it's going to be sunny.
4: Oh baby! Oh, and and it's going to be in L.A. and it's going to be sunny gray pitching <laughs> against the Dodgers. You know how how many times do I have to hear how what, what Shohei Ohtani did every time he hits a home run? It's national news. You know, do, do we get to find out what he had for breakfast also? And
3: <laughs> is his first at bat? It's Wasn't that like, what Carl said? His first dad batty at bat, at hit home run.
4: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, he's he's just uh, it, the the Dodgers are loaded. Uh, loaded, loaded, loaded with talent. So it should be a very interesting start uh, to the season for Sonny, who has said that he has not paid attention really to what Otani and Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and all these MVP candidates are doing over there. He's just trying to get through spring training. But at some point, they will start game planning for the Dodgers in that series. And, you know, everyone expects the Dodgers to go on and win it all. But you can't buy a championship in the offseason. The Mets prove that. The Padres prove that. You got to go out and play 162.
3: Yeah, it's a good point. So what are you looking forward to today?
4: Well, I'll be calling the game today on Bally, So I'm looking forward to getting back uh, on the headset and Brad Thompson will be my partner. And we're going to do the game with Kyle Gibson on the hill for the Cardinals against the Nationals. And I, I think that, you know, Gibson is another new face. So that'll be kind of the, the focus of the start of this game. He'll pitch two innings, probably throw like Sonny did about 30, 35 pitches and that's what he'll be assigned to do anyway and then you know we'll see what he has and then the rest of the bullpen they haven't uh released that lineup just yet but they will here shortly and i'll be heading over to the ballpark to see the guys i think today you know you get a lot of the regulars back in there i was up in port st Lucie yesterday watching them play the mets there weren't uh, a lot of regulars in the lineup uh, which means that they'll probably all be out there today and it'll be great. I mean, I just want to see the the mix of players and how they work together and, and see any up-and-coming stars that might be able to crack this lineup. There aren't a ton of battles, really, position-wise. I think the biggest one would be, will Mason win, be an effective shortstop? And they've brought in Brandon Crawford, the three-time All-Star, to back him up in case something were to happen. I think that's a smart move and a nice move. Tommy Edmond might not be ready at the start of the season coming off wrist surgery. So who plays in the outfield? Dylan Carlson is going to try to earn that spot at, at center field. Other than that, it's really, you know, this bullpen, which they added like eight or nine of them in the off season. How many of these pitchers are going to make the bullpen? So I think that's kind of fascinating because they do have some good arms in the pen.
0: So I know we we're talking about obviously spring training cause you're in Florida, but Mark and I were just during the commercial break discussing this whole thing with Caitlin Clark. Cause she broke a new record yesterday, but then I'm like, wait a minute. I thought she already broke that record. Do you know, like, can you differentiate the two for us?
4: Oh, she's broken all kinds of records. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I think she's chasing down, she was chasing down the Maravich record. Um, but you had, you know, you had Lynette Woodard of, of Kansas back in the day. Um, you know, scoring and you had players before, you know, there are some records Sorry. that were kept, uh, you know, there's like a cutoff of of what the NCAA kept records also. So I know what Mark's like, you know, Mark and I talked about this in the last show is that, you know, when it came to the Maravich record specifically, you know, it kind of rubbed him the wrong way because, you know, she's not Maravich like, you know, we, we shouldn't be comparing, a scoring record to another scoring record. And, and he did it in three years. And, you know, he he was a phenomenal player, averaging 40 games. I don't know. I just I, – I don't really look at it that way. I, I look at it as just a celebration of a player like her able to do what she does. And I don't think there's any problem with – so. I've, Celebrating the women's game.
3: I've discovered the difference, uh, Kim. Oh. So Lynette Woodard, who had this record, she broke the NCAA's identified right. scoring record for women two weeks ago. Woodard scored her points between 1977 and 1981 when women's college basketball was governed by the Association of Intercollegiate Athletics, for women, right. the AIAW, and the NCAA didn't officially sanction women's college basketball till 1982, and it doesn't acknowledge any stats from before 1982. So that's right, why that's, it was important that she broke Woodard's record ah. last night.
4: Yeah, and that's what I was talking about also, you know, and, and, but that doesn't mean that we don't think Woodard was a great player. No, yet.
3: no, not but at we, all. Yeah.
4: Yeah, because, because of the stat. So I don't know. I'm, I'm more of a, you know, show me some video rather than a stats person. But I, I do think that, that she's racked up incredible numbers. I mean, I told you the game that I went to, you know, Indiana switching on her and being physical with her and frustrating her. And she's throwing her arms up in the air and clearly she can't shoot the ball well. And she still had 24 points, 9 assists, 10 rebounds. I mean, she was one assist away from a triple-double. Then she goes out the next game against Illinois and drops 24, pulls down 15 rebounds, has like a dozen assists, and and registers a triple-double. She's she's an amazing player. She's involved in everything that they do. She She's very aware. She has great vision. She is not just a shooter. She's not just a – you know, Steph Curry's a great player, too. But she's not a sit outside the three and shoot it. She actually – gets in there, gets hurt, or or is willing to get hurt, you know, gets rebounds, makes incredible assists to her teammates. You can't double-team her because she will find the open person. She's that good. So, yeah, she's amazing to watch.
3: She did it again last night. She had a triple-double. And she needed 32 points to break that Lynette Woodard uh, record. In the first, like, four or five minutes of the game, she had already – scored 15 points like she was halfway there four minutes into the game which is just just incredible to watch
4: yeah. yeah and i'm excited for the folks in indiana because if she does go to the wnba as the first round pick next year she'll be playing for the indiana fever you oh, talk nice. about you know they'll be That'll be like 10 years' worth of sellouts in downtown Indianapolis. They'll love that, and that's you know, a great basketball town. So that would be really fun, and it would be an easy drive for all of us. If you ever want to get a little bit of uh, Caitlin Clark on the basketball court, you just uh, drive over to Indy.
0: Too bad she can't go play with the guys over at Mizzou. They could use some help.
4: Oh, Boy, man, they could use rough. her shot uh, side. Yeah, they they could. I'll tell you what, the, the Indiana men could use some three-point shooting too, uh, although they, they had a nice win this week against Wisconsin. Um, but, yeah, they – they. Uh, I, I think also what will be fun is when she's in the WNBA and she's doing like, you know, what uh, Sabrina I, uh, Ionescu did with Seth Curry in that three-point shooting contest, almost beat him. You know, and I think that's neat too, to see them go head-to-head. But yeah, the Mizzou team's not good, uh, Kim. Fifteen no, they're losses not
0: in a row. But who's counting?
4: Ouch. Yeah, I, well, I hate that. Uh, we them. are apparently. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they. Yeah, it's a record. It's a, a record for the program. It's it's really really bad now. Dennis Gates' job is safe because his recruiting class next year coming in is big time. Um, one of the best in the country. So you're going to have to swallow this down year, unfortunately. But you know, he he has. A real problem here with this program, um, it, for the way I see it, in, in the way that they play offense. So I hope that he can. I hope, first, I hope that all the recruits are coming. I think that they are. Uh, but secondly, that you know, I'd like to see a different style. It depends on the players that he's bringing in of offense and, and, you know, see if they can hang next year. But yeah, that's really disconcerting. I mean, and the thing also is it's not like they've been blown out every time. I mean, they've actually had the lead a lot of times in the second half and they just let it get away.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, SEC is so tough this year anyway, for, for everybody's losing games here and all over the place in the SEC. All right, Tom, hey, true. enjoy uh sunny Florida. We're all jealous.
4: Well, I appreciate it. I'll be back Sunday and then uh, work in Arch Madness, and then I'm coming back down here for the
3: rest of it. We'll be so listening uh, to Bally this afternoon, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, it'll be fun. Thanks, man. All right. We'll see you later. Tom Ackerman there, of course, sports director down the hall. Camo X is going to be calling the game today on Bally Sports for uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. That That is exciting stuff. All right. Coming up in other news with Ethan, and next hour we'll get into this MSD tax hike that they will have on the ballot for you in April if you're an MSD customer. We'll be back. What's happening?
5: Oh, you, know the, you know the thing.
1: What the hell is going on? In other news.
5: It appears comedian-actor Richard Lewis passed away at his Los Angeles home yesterday. He was 76. The comedian who played himself on the hit HBO show Curb Your Enthusiasm apparently suffered a heart attack. Um, As a stand-up, Lewis made appearances on The Tonight Show and The Late Show with David Letterman, and his comedy specials included I'm in Pain, I'm Doomed, and Richard Lewis, The Magical Mystery Tour. Um, Carl pointed out in April of 2023, Lewis announced that he had been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease two years prior and that he was retiring from stand-up comedy. He was on Curb Your Enthusiasm last week,
1: and
3: so that was probably one of the final episodes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. He,
0: by all accounts, uh, was just the sweetest, kindest, funniest man. Uh, I was going through uh, all the tweets from, you know, like Cheryl Hines uh, that worked with him for so long, Jamie and Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee. Lee Curtis, and if you go on it and, and read what they said about, it, he just
3: sounded like a dear, dear man. He yeah, said, he he seemed like it. I I remembered him from. I was trying to remember what show it was. I remembered him from. He was on Seventh Heaven.
0: I remember that he, he played a, a Rabbi
3: in Seventh Heaven Wait, I remember what? from wow. that. The dad?
0: Yeah. You're not talking about the dad. No, no, no. he, no, he no, played no. a rabbi. Right. He played the rabbi Googling in, him since, now.
3: in Seventh Heaven. <laughs> uh yeah, I loved him as a comedian. He was funny. Funny guy. And the great thing about it is I can look you in the eye and tell you I have no idea what his what his politics were. I I can guess, but I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what they were because it really wasn't what he talked about. He was just funny. New New York Jewish guy who yeah. moved out to California. Yeah. All right. Yep.
5: So, uh, despite reports that we did yesterday, Wendy's has now come out and said they will not be implementing <laughs> dynamic rights. Thank you. What changed their mind? Um, the fact that nobody showed up for lunch yesterday? The else? Mark
0: Cox morning show? They listened to it and realized we did not approve? <laughs>
5: they lost Sue Thomas, and that yeah. was the end of it. <laughs> yeah. It was me and Sue. We'll Sue's take a big
0: Wendy's fan.
5: <laughs> um, apparently, the internet responded, as expected, to the news, slamming the decision Wendy's made. So, their CEO came out and said, no. Guess we're gonna find something else. So,
3: about. you'd say the reception of that idea was frosty?
0: Oh my gosh, awesome! I mean, you know what? Really, that's
3: one of his better ones.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, let's think about that. The, the you sunny know? gray one, though, is pretty. F- that, that one's uh, good, Mark. I'll all right, give you that one. thank you.
3: Thank you. I get a little credit anyway.
5: <laughs> um, Kansas City's Chiefs super fan, Chiefsaholic. You may have noticed him, he uh, always comes to the games dressed in a wolf costume. Mm-hmm. Well, he pleaded guilty to in federal court on Wednesday after a bizarre saga that ultimately saw the 29-year-old arrested on charges with a string of 11 robberies and attempted robberies that stretched across seven states. Wow. Wait, a man wow, comes right. to the Chiefs
3: yeah. game dressed as a wolf. Yes, I think ma'am. we talked about this when he got arrested at the beginning of the season.
5: Yep. I think so. And I think did, it was like mentioned. did he use the wolf
3: costume as <laughs> as his as his mask when he would rob places or uh,
5: it not have say, a separate. Be, no, uh, they yeah. knew
3: who he was, but they never could find him because he was always at Chiefs games in the wolf costume. <laughs> oh, okay. Hiding I mean, Yeah, hiding. Not
0: what face. happens funny, but when you look at pictures, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up wolf costume.
5: Crime is hilarious. It would have been funny if I'm he just showed up in at that the costume. Crime.
4: No, not at all.
5: <laughs> um, a group of employees at a Kentucky Dairy Queen were rushed to the emergency room after a manager at the restaurant Allegedly forced them to eat ice cream mixed with cleaning solutions, according to a parent of one of the young employees. The manager at the location had called a mandatory staff meeting on Friday night, when the incident allegedly went down. At the meeting, the manager reportedly forced staffers to eat ice cream that had been chemically contaminated. "Quote: Whether or not they liked it."
0: Well, gee, he's what, what was seems it? Stable. did it say that there was a point to it. it like was, there you're stealing no ice
3: cream during the day, so here's some ice cream.
5: Eat it. I, I am just right, wondering. Right. Yeah, yeah. Employee. It did not say. It did. And as of right now there has been no file uh charges filed. Oh, there will be. Oh, there's going to be some lawsuits. See it coming here. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Ethan. Yep. Come up. Coming up
3: uh David Stokes from Show Me. I wanted to know more about that MSD issue that's going to be on the April ballot. It is a pretty significant rate increase they're wanting you to vote for. We'll find out what it's all about at 7:20. Stay tuned.